Okay, uh, my name's Al Ewing, and you're listening to the Superior Comic Show. to the Superior Comic Show, uh, the Irish podcast on all things pop culture. I'm your host, Peter, and today I am joined by writer extraordinaire, Al Ewing. Al, Hello. Hi. How, uh, how are things? Oh, not too bad, man. Just trucking along yourself? Uh, yeah, pretty pretty much the same. Just, uh, you know, getting getting into the weekend. Thank God. Uh, yeah. Get uh, right into it. Uh, yeah. Yourself now, um, I was talking to Declan Shalvey last week who was writing a one-shot for your yes. book. Um, yeah, right. I got to see that as it took shape. And, uh, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know, I mean, I, you know, I just look great. So I, I kind of just sort of waved it through. <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, it's, that's going to be, that's going to be really good, I think. He did say he's quite nervous. Um, there's a little soundbite I took from the show that I'm shared out on Twitter. Uh, he did say that he hasn't shown you the finished product yet, and he's quite nervous because of the how successful the book is. I mean, it's it's like I'm okay if it's sort of because I've seen I've seen his script. I've seen like uh, I think I sort of gave him like a couple of notes. Um, just like small things, little tiny tonal things, nothing major. Uh, maybe not even that. But like, um, thing is, it's it's a good story, and it's going to be, you know, a really good issue. And uh, and the last one, the the one, um, the the threshing place, uh, that was that was that was really amazing. Uh, so I mean, it's kind of it's really gratifying that people are sort of, um, and I'm I'm sort of chatting with somebody about like a potential future one, although that's got a couple of hoops and sort of hurdles and like general that doesn't exist in a form yet where I can really sort of be all like, oh yeah, this is this is absolutely 100 percent going to happen, but I think it probably is. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, that's that's going to be good. So these these sort of little one shots by like outside hands, so to speak. Um, it's been really kind of interesting seeing them take shape, seeing what people sort of make of it, because it, it is it is a case of like somebody like Declan comes along and you kind of you're sort of it's like it's what what we've been doing refracted through his sensibilities. And that's really fascinating to me. That's just like, I'd love if we could, I'd love if we could do more of that, but it's like, you know, obviously there's room for only so many of these one shots. And if we had too many, it'd be like, uh, you know, it'd make them less special. So, uh, but I'm, I am really looking forward to that. That's one. Yeah. He did say now on, um, Agreement. The Mortal Hulk. We touched on it there. We were chatting before I uh, introduced the show in there. To me, I was saying to Declan, it was such a new concept for me. I hadn't really read many horror kind of based uh, books, and especially in terms of the Hulk. And um, 
I've said this on a show before as an unpopular opinion of mine is I like the Hulk as a character in a team, but I was never really interested in him on his own until I picked yeah. up the Hulk and it just, it grabbed me from the start because it was so different to the norm. What was the process of that? I, I do hear that a lot. It's, um, and it's obviously, it's obviously very gratifying to kind of, to have brought in a bunch of new Hulk fans, especially since we deal so much with like, I guess you could call it like the law, the kind of previous, you know, that we, we sort of amalgamate a lot of the past of the Hulk into the, uh, into the story. Um, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully if people, cause we are, we are doing a thing now and it's kind of, you know, um, it's the reasons for it are complicated, but basically if I just sort of gesture at, the entire world being on fire, you know, you get the idea. Um, but what we're doing is we're sort of, it used to be double ship months and then like a single ship month. So it'd be like three issues every two months. And that was like, that was quite a pace, but we, we were kind of Joe, especially is just one of the, given his level of skill, he is one of the fastest artists I've ever worked with. And like, you know, generally if you say an artist is fast, you're sort of implying that they're not like, but, you know, we've all seen Joe's art at this point, you know. Yeah. But he produces that at a rate. He's like, oh, he's really good. But like, um, you know, we can kind of keep up, especially when we have our guest artists, which is like, um, you know, anytime it looks like, we're going to need to spell Joe for an issue. We sort of plan that out like way, way, way far in advance. And we kind of, uh, we have like a jam issue. 42 is, is a jam issue. It might be our last guest artist issue. But yeah, what I was about to say is that um, it's going to be a one a month book uh, until the end. Uh, and that's, you know, um, I think that's been announced. I should check if that's been announced. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I might be about to ask you to bleep that out to, to chop all this out. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's on Games Radar. Uh, it was on Games Radar three years ago. Um, three days ago. But yeah, the next, next three months, uh, uh, certainly it's monthly the next three months. I guess after that, after that, we'll see how it goes. But no, but it's it's been announced that we're doing it sort of. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. It's uh, what I was going to say is that with the time between issues, because um, it used to be you'd only you know you'd only have to wait two weeks most of the time, and then occasionally you'd have to wait a month. Uh, but now with the longer time between issues, that might give readers sort of they might be sort of hungry to like jump into the the back issues. Yeah. And like check out some of the the classic runs, like the uh, the Bill Mantlo run. Obviously, the Peter David run is you know what I grew up on, and everybody is very. Uh, there's a lot of it, so you can really you can really dig through it. Uh, this side of the Bill Mantlo run, there's there's a lot more of that than you'd because you go back and you think sort of you think like Bill Mantlo Hulk, and if you're sort of 
a Hulk fan of long standing, you might sort of flash back to like the Hulk at the Crossroads arc or, you know, Mindless Hulk, but there's like, there's a lot of Mantlo. And it's all, it's all good stuff. So, yeah, you know, uh, we do, I do, I do kind of hear a lot that this is like the, the entry point to the Hulk. Uh, for me, um, 100%, it's uh, even the art mixed with the writing. Like, I've never <clears throat> read a book that has made me feel slightly uneasy at times um, while also wanting to keep reading. I mean, I'm, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a huge compliment. Uh, I'm, glad, I'm glad we can make you feel uneasy. <laughs> uh, but you said there that the issues are going to be staggered a bit more now. Um, well, for the next, for the next three months... Yeah. Uh, and this is this is what they said on Games Radar. I mean, I think a lot of it is sort of dependent on like you know the state of the world. But like, uh, I I don't know, you know, I don't know what the I think. Um, don't you know? Don't ask. Don't ask me about the reasoning. It's all you know. These these are decisions above my sort of level of. Uh, expertise or input so it's sort of but to be honest um we're doing stuff that like having a little extra room in the schedule that's kind of that's probably we don't need it but it it probably is a good thing for us you know joe knowing he can take that extra day on a page uh you know he might not need it but it's nice to have. We are very far ahead at the moment. I think we're further we're further ahead than we've. Uh, I'm never very far ahead of, of Joe because he is very fast. But as a team, we're really far ahead. We've got issues like uh, you know, ready for the printer, like way ahead. So. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much of this is like you know behind the curtain stuff that someone will analyze, but it's. I guess what I'm saying is that one. I don't think there are going to be delays in the adjusted schedule. Yeah. Um, so, you know. so how can you say how far ahead you are? Like what issue you're up to? Uh, I'm, I'm sort of. I'm. I don't know. I'm starting to think that might not be a good idea. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if um, I don't know if I'd get in trouble if I said how far ahead we were, but we're. I don't know why I would get in trouble. Uh, uh, definitely. I mean, Joe's Joe's putting stuff out on his Facebook that is like. It's sort of, it's kind of fun uh, watching people try to guess the context of it. Um, and because I, you know, I, I kind of, I, I drop no clues. But <laughs> like, uh, Joe likes to put up the odd panel that he's just finished working on to kind of juice, you know, the audience a little bit. And uh it is it is fun seeing, you know, people try and sort of guess how far ahead that is and like what the context is and they're generally wrong. <laughs> so it's like I don't, I don't know, I kind of don't want to put a uh, put an actual number on it. 
That's fair. On like on, on where we're at, but like, uh, and also I haven't. I I have no idea if it's like. I mean, for all I know, it's some sort of terrible etiquette, or it's like some kind of you know. I get a little email saying, "Oh, I wish you hadn't said that." <laughs> it's like. You know, so I mean, I'm I'm playing it safe to an extent, but you know, I have no idea. I don't don't know about any of this stuff. Um, I just I just write the books. Yeah, <laughs> but even at that, um, nowadays, like Immortal Hulk, like I said, forty two is the next one coming out. And nowadays, in books, for a character that isn't inside, say, the Avengers or Spider Man or likes of Batman, it is quite rare for a book to be reaching up into them high numbers and gaining interest. Yeah, it didn't. One thing to think of as yourself with Mortal Hulk and Donny Cates with Venom. That didn't used to be a high number. It's like, uh, it's kind of. I don't know. I guess, I guess we're sort of. We were almost in a seasonal model for a while there. Um, and that's a because uh, I know I've sort of done the thing where I've done sort of new number ones after uh, but it's like I kind of feel like it's almost Hulk and Venom as sort of it's almost a test case for kind of going high with the numbers and sort of uh sustaining these long runs but it's I don't on the other hand it's it's like it's the same creative team you know it's still it's still dawning on Venom uh, yeah I don't know I guess uh, it might be in the same way that like uh, these you know runs in the hundreds gave way to like the new number one thing and the sort of the volume approach where it's like, uh, you know, you get sort of Avengers volume such and such. And then, you know, that kind of went to the legacy numbering approach. This is sort of, uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the industry is always trying to find that sort of happy medium between like, uh, you know, keeping, keeping like the history, the history of it. And, keeping readers interested, which is like the name of the game at all times is like, you know, what is going to, what is going to keep readers buying the books? Um, You know, it's like the story comes first, but you want people to read that story. Yeah. So it's like maybe, you know, starting with issue one instead of issue 478, is gonna like uh it's gonna make that happen. <laughs> but then I, I kind of feel like in the case in the case certainly in the case of Hulk and I'd say in the case of Venom as well, that's like what readers want is to know that this is all one big story that's being told. I agree with the legacy numbers. I enjoyed both with them restarting a couple of issues like the with the volume kind of thing. That's how I got my Spider-Man 1 signed by Dan Slott even though it was probably number 500 and something there's a, there's a fun little there's a fun little effect to the legacy numbers which is like uh, at some point I worked out that like issue 33 was gonna be and that that landed pretty pretty well for me 
But issue issue thirty three was going to be like a. Um, uh, it was issue. Uh, I want to say seven fifty. Mm. But like, um, yeah, and you know that was going to be the big legacy. Uh, or the first big legacy kind of number, like round number. Yeah. Um, and then we we did we did something special for twenty five, uh, and you know, if uh, it's probably not a huge spoiler to suggest that we've got our eyes on issue fifty as a a special thing. Um, I, I don't think that's. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to ask and put you on the spot. I was <laughs> did have that question. I mean, it's like I don't think that's a spoiler as much as just a mathematical thing. It's like you know, oh, okay, we did a big thing for twenty five. Issue forty two is no issue forty one is coming out this week. Um, issue forty two, I think, is January now. Uh, which is good. It still works. It was like a, a year end issue, so it still works for that. Um, but like, uh, yeah, basically, you know, we're, we're in the early forties. We did a big thing at issue 25 at a certain point. It's, it's just maths. It's just like, it's not news, you know, it's not like an exclusive. It's what everybody had a feeling about already. Um, which you know, I'm sure somebody will turn it turn it into an excuse. The year I said, I you know, I said we're planning another big issue. What a, what a shock! Who <laughs> could have predicted that I'd want more pages at any point in my life? It's going to be all over. We got this covered all by the Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I do. I do a lot of. I do ask for a lot of. Um, these thirty pages and forty pages of things, I I ask for one every so often, and sometimes I get it, sometimes I don't. But like uh, the uh, the thing, the thing with that is that people get a bit. People see the cover price of those, and they get a bit like they get a bit weird uh, because they cost more. But per page of story, it costs less. <laughs> when you do a 30 page issue, it's something like it's like, uh, it's something like four, uh, it's, it's something weird like four cents less per story page, but it's, um, I'd have to do the maths. It's, it gets into decimals at some point. Yeah. But, you know, you're paying less. And you get that again when you go to like, uh, when you go to 40 pages, I think, and. It's like, you know, you're, you're paying out more of a, more at the till, but you're getting more than you would be if you paid out the same for uh, single issues. Yeah. It's, and yeah, so, so that always, that always slightly bugs me when people like, uh, but I mean, I can also understand that, you know, you turn up at your comic shop and, you know, you haven't been reading the, uh, and suddenly, you know, the comic you've been picking up month after month, you know, suddenly you're, 
you've got an annual in your hands, you know. Yeah. It's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. So I could see that as well. But it's like, I do like doing those big issues because you can pack a lot into them. I enjoyed them as well. I find, like, yeah, they're a bit more expensive, but I, like you said, I find I'm getting more for slightly a bit less. And it's, I mean, that, that's the goal. Yeah. And um, with special issues and stuff, like you just done um, the King and Black tie-in issue was coming out. Yeah. How is that? How does um, tie, how do tie-ins affect how you're going with your own story when it comes to events like this? Oh, we, we had to make a decision on this like very early on because uh, I was involved in that kind of Defenders. Mm. It was basically like a series of five annuals. Mm. And that basically kind of set the set the tone for any kind of time we did after that in that anytime we tie into something and we kind of have to every so often uh, because otherwise we're just like completely ignoring it um, but any kind of time we do in Hulk is like and this might be a model for other things going forward because I mean I am you know in sword I'm trying it the other way I'm trying it the old way with uh and we'll see what that does to the, the readership. But, uh, you know, those are some good times and I'm, I'm pretty happy with them. Um, but, yeah, all of the times are like annuals. Yeah. Like uh, we kind of, we treat them like uh, optional extras. <laughs> and they fit into the larger story. They fit into the, the continuity of, uh, of the Hulk. But at the same time, they're kind of like... Um, They're very, uh, they're their own thing. They're very much kind of, um, yeah, and it's, it's what you can do with that is that it's, it gives you an opportunity to sort of be part of these large events without, uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, basically, it gives us an opportunity to like, explore these tie-ins but also since we're doing something outside the uh, outside the main series so we don't have to worry about our own plot we're kind of it gives us the opportunity to get quite experimental with it so with the Defenders thing uh, the idea was to do a story where the Hulk didn't appear really where it was just Bruce Banner um, and then with with the uh, absolute carnage one i wanted to do something exploring like the mindscape and we had uh, we had a, a great i think that was philip Andrade, but we had a great like we had a great artist for that but i i yeah i did want to do something that kind of to like explore how i how i tackle like the whole mindscape a little bit and then for this for this new one for the king and black one I mean, there was definitely, I feel like there was definitely another one. Uh, there was another, we tied in something else. Which, oh, yeah, yeah, Empire. Empire. <laughs> yeah, that was like the, uh, that was, yeah, that was the She-Hulk one. That was like, okay, well, what would, what would, yeah, what would an issue of like Immortal She-Hulk look like? And um, how would, how would she react to like this kind of thing? But like with the, with the, We've been wanting to do, and we were going to do it as part of the main book, but just with everything and the way the plot is, and I'm glad I'm glad we didn't now because it would have been issue 41 and we really need that issue for 
what the issue 41 is going to be, which is the, the Hulk versus the Thing story. Awesome. Uh, well, for, I've seen the, the cover and the previews and I'm sitting in the diner. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's going to be like a really kind of... Uh, I wanted to do something that's like very different from all previous Thing versus Hulk battles. Um, but also I really like writing the Thing. <laughs> uh, but like... Yeah, for this, we, we wanted to do like a Christmas issue. And it's just like the trouble, you know, the trouble with that is that you have to know for a certainty that it's dropping in December. Yeah. Um, and luckily, thanks to the uh, the repositioning of the schedule, uh King in Black now starts in December, and I know I'm not the only one doing a Christmas issue. But we got basically, I decided I wanted to do a sort of wordless kind of like Christmas tale. And we had Oren Kuda on it, and his storytelling. I mean, it's a risk. I'm 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 feeling more nervous about it than I I am about any other issue of Hulk today because I'm asking different things from the reader. I'm asking them to, like, concentrate <laughs> on each panel and, like, discern, you know, what's happening. And Aaron makes that very, very, very easy for the reader. It's like I couldn't ask for better storytelling. It's all just like... And I was just like, no, I can't. Not only do I not want to put any words on this, I can't put words on this. It would destroy what Aaron's built. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a wordless issue. It's it's a Christmas issue. It's like... Uh, I don't, and, and, yeah, it's a risk because we're, we're asking readers to read it in a different way um, and, like, really kind of pour over it. And, you know, I, I know I'm going to get, like... A whole bunch of the comics websites go, oh, I just flipped through this and it took me two seconds. And I'm like, oh, God. But, like, you know, hopefully it's a it's a whole woman Christmas issue and kind of more importantly, it's an experiment. Yeah. We like experimenting <laughs> at Immortal Hulk. It's what we do. I used to keep an eye on, like, sales figures. Mm. And now I just, you know, I'll... If it's doing badly, I'll find out when they cancel it. I can't like, uh, I can't be all like, because uh, you never know. You never really know what's gonna kind of, what's gonna do well. Yeah, I think I think the Hulk the Hulk book just broke me of any kind of uh, idea that I know what sells or doesn't sell. <laughs> Because the issues of that were like that, like did the big, did the big things before I stopped, like looking at what was doing the big stuff, <laughs> was like really talky issues, and like the issue with the big environmental rant in it. That's like yeah, that's incredibly successful. It's like so, what do I glean from this that people really like it when the Hulk gets angry about nuclear war? <laughs> it's like okay. No, sorry, no, no, I just do, you know, I just do whatever I want. And yeah. Well, look, them people that you said, I'll just put them online, that they only kind of flick through it. They're the, they're the same ones that, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, that 
are constantly crying on Twitter about this character not being to their liking or this book not being to their liking. I mean, it's that's kind of all over the internet, but it's like... Uh, uh, you know, you can't really... And I mean, it, you know, it's it's it, it sort of comes from all sides, but it's like you can't really sort of... You get a sort of gut sense of what is in character for a character. And if you rely on that, at least I find this, I you know, I can't speak for all writers, but I find that when I rely on my gut sense of who a character is and how they'd react in a situation... That's that never really steers me wrong. Uh, like nine times out of ten, I'll kind of, and then occasionally I'll like read up on something and somebody will go like, "Oh well, it's hard to believe that the person who did this in like the nineties would do this now." And I'm like, "Oh crap, I never even knew that story existed." <laughs> but like you know, uh, nine times out of ten, um, I feel like I get it right, and people. Uh, or at least not heinously wrong. And you know, people people do seem to appreciate it. Uh, I, I don't I don't feel like um, I think people's problems with me are generally um, for other things. <laughs> Getting characters wrong. Like honestly, I don't I haven't seen anyone have a problem with it. Like I've seen there's hype for the King and Black tie in, especially for myself. I see it as two of Marvel's top writers right now Donny Cates is spearheading the King and Black event and then you're coming in and doing a tie-in into his event and it's just it's it's a match made it's a match made in heaven I mean it's Donny's got a great sense of like what makes an event an event it's like he's always I mean if you read if you read issue one just the sheer amount of like It's like he's 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 great at that kind of like um, building and building and building <laughs> the thing. So it's like uh, and and yeah, you know, he's got like um, I know Venom fans, are, you know, people who people who are big fans of his run are kind of like enjoying it, uh, and it's like. Tying into that, it's sort of it is it is the case that we're like kind of we're in the margins of it, <laughs> but like it sort of gives us an opportunity to kind of uh, do do that experimental stuff, do that kind of like the almost marginal stuff and it's it's kind of I think with the absolute kindness thing Hulk really did have a, a big central role in that so that was much more of a kind of like uh, okay we're telling the story of how Bruce Banner got into this position and that gives us a really good opportunity to like uh, A you know introduce a bunch of Venom readers to like uh, how we do things in Hulk Town and B kind of um yeah, you know, this is the first time we've really had the opportunity to have a proper conversation between the various uh, Bruce Banner's alters, 
the various parts of the system. And it's like, uh, that was so, that was just so much fun to write them bouncing off each other. That like, I kind of started working. I mean, I think post, yeah, post 33. Uh, that's where kind of the mindscape really becomes like a, an important location in the book. Because it was time that they talked to each other. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we were at that stage where that needed to start happening. So, yeah, we brought we brought back, like, the mindscape. Um, especially as I'd, I'd done some research, and it turns out uh, I was a little worried that this was sort of um, a thing that people who uh, have dissociative identity disorder in the real world... Um, you know, they don't have these, like, giant, you know, Dr. Strange-style mindscapes. Uh, and it's, you know, yeah, that's true. Um, but there is a thing called the inner world uh, that I, I looked up and, research, and researched where, you know, people do have sort of internal, internal spaces. So it's, you know, it's kind of beefed up for the comics in the way that all aspects of, uh, uh, I mean, Bruce, you know, at the end of the day, Bruce Banner is somebody with dissociative identity disorder who was also hit by a gamma bomb. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so his experiences are not universal to people with that condition. But like, um, and, you know, so yeah, everything's kind of everything's kind of larger than life in that sense. But like at the same time, I do I do think of him in those terms as like uh, as like a part of a system, and yeah, and, and all the Hulks and like what they how they relate to the parts of uh, uh, a dissociative identity disorder system. Um, you know what kind of what roles they would take uh, in there. Uh, I'd so say yeah, so that that was an opportunity to really get into that. I'd say you spoke about the dissociative uh, personality disorder there. The build from Immortal Hulk one right through with the inner battle between Bruce and the Hulk was one of the honestly it was one of the best ways I couldn't see it being written any better. There was a panel in one of the first issues with him staring into the public bathroom mirror and Hulk staring back. And I took up a full page and I just remember I stayed on that page for a good five minutes just completely admiring everything about it. That was that was that was a great page to get back from uh, to get back from Joe. Uh, that was like um, that did that did look amazing. Uh, but like um, yeah, no, that was that was kind of uh, uh, that that sort of set the tone for like a lot of the interactions from then on and we still occasionally I won't I won't like say which issue or what circumstances but we still occasionally do the mirror thing uh, and 
I mean, now now it's more, it's much more like uh, now that we've sort of introduced the Mindscape, it's it's much easier to have sort of conversations inside it. But like, um, yeah, we still, you know, there's times when it's it's better to do to do the mirror thing, yeah, uh, than to have the you know cut away to this uh, inner space. Ooh. It's a <clears throat> it's kind of a what's that movie uh, with Jim Carrey? It reminds me of um, me myself and Irene. Oh, I man, I haven't. I've never seen that. Uh, I don't know how well. I don't know how well it did. Like the uh, it did the DID representation. Um, I'd have to look it up and see what people said about it. But like, uh, I've I've. I don't know, with Jim Carrey, I feel like I got to the cable guy and then I'd sort of had enough. Uh, but I know he's sort of, his career took this turn into much more sort of serious, dramatic yeah. stuff. Like I admit, um, when I think of him, I think the two movies I think of is uh, Liar, Liar and Ace Ventura. Yeah, I mean, Ace Ventura, um, it was very of its time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The uh, the one I think of, I guess, um, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe this means I've got a more more of a kind of uh, more time for it. But I, I I think of the Truman Show a lot, mm. uh, and I, I think that might have been the first time because that was after Cable Guy. So I guess I saw that. <laughs> But that was very much like the kind of because he was in that, and then he was in Eternal Sunshine, which I haven't seen. Uh, but I feel like Liar Liar was like maybe the tail end of his sort of Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey movies. Yeah. But like, you know, where it's like he's gonna do his thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like the uh, yeah no the Truman Show I remember being being a good film. Actually, just to mention it now, I'm just thinking I need to watch that again. I haven't seen it in a long time. Oh, we're, we're watching a lot of uh, Giallo movies at the moment, yeah. like these Italian sort of horror slasher <laughs> things, which it's like we were talking about. We were talking about video games earlier. That might have been off before the recording started, but like. Uh, it's like a min-maxing thing. It's like they've sort of put all their points into like the setting and the costumes and like, you know, the cinematography and the editing, you know, the editing's always, you know, usually wonderful. Um, sometimes, sometimes it's not, sometimes they're just drag, but like, you know, often, you know, you get this, like this wonderful editing and, you know, these amazing costumes and these beautiful sets and props. And they're all like in service of like this kind of dodgy like murder plot that's like sort of uh, and you're just kind of like it's and yeah and we just it's been a lockdown thing for us just like watching these films and just kind of uh, just really getting into like these beautiful like you know seventies Rome. And like you know, all these amazing like suits, and cars, and houses, and we'll sort of like pay no attention to the plot, just like critiquing the 
the decor. It's like uh, so that's that's our thing. Is like this sort of this weird sort of odyssey through you know Italian kind of murder cinema. You're doing better than me. I at the start of the first lockdown, I sat down with me and my partner watched through the MCU movies in chronological order. Uh, now because of that now um, the last three movies I've watched have been chick flicks I mean you're going to have to tell me you're going to have to tell me what those movies are uh, like uh, chick flicks um, that one with Emma Roberts in a holiday um, the princess switch two with Vanessa Hudgens and as much as it kills me to say I've actually enjoyed a couple of Hang on, hang on. Are you doing like a marathon of oh, no, Hallmark, think, Hallmark see, Christmas movies? No, uh, we finished uh, the MCU marathon and now it's just, she's picking a right. like every night and that's what I'm watching. I mean, we we got seriously tempted by one of those Hallmark Christmas movies. Like, it literally started with somebody in an office going, oh, I'm not going to take any time for Christmas. <laughs> like, you know, the sort of high-powered executive going yeah. like, oh, but I might go home to my small town on a business thing. And it's like, oh, right, yeah. <laughs> it's one of these thousand movies. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we couldn't we couldn't hack it. We would just, like, quit after, like, 15 minutes because it's like we'd rather be watching, like, anything else. <laughs> um but we're—I don't know—you know, yeah. I mean, we'll never—we're never, never going to run out of Italian like horror slasher films. Uh, some of them have been terrible. Uh, don't don't watch Oasis of Fear. It's just really bad. It's just really badly paced. It's awful. Um, like literally, you know, it's it's just terrible from the beginning. Uh, I don't. I, yeah, that was when you said chronological order. What was that like? Honestly, it, how, did it, how did it change the experience? It, a lot of pieces came together a lot quicker uh, than they did when you watch it in release order. You know, it pieces together actually really nicely, which is oh, okay, cool, which is impressive considering some of the movies that if you put in chronological order, like you know, it goes Captain America, then Captain Marvel, and there's like years between them, but it pieces together wonderfully. I mean, they should. So you didn't you didn't go as far as like watching Captain America and then watching like um, one scene from Ant Man. No, no. <laughs> like, you know. I, I considered it, but uh, the partner was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not watching uh, a full movie, then a scene from another movie, just to watch that yeah. same movie later." But I did. Yeah. Um, I held off on. I think it was the post credit scene of Ant Man and the Wasp. But I thought, "Or no, we need to watch Infinity War first, then we can watch that post credit scene." <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's the kind of thing. There needs there needs to be like uh, a list somewhere of like um, how to do it in like absolute chronological order. I think I've seen one, and it includes like the TV shows, it includes Agents of Shield and everything. Oh, oh, I never, I never got. I, I think I watched the first episode of Agents of Shield, <laughs> and they were they were entirely too happy about like black bagging people, so <laughs> I uh, I stopped. Um, <laughs> But I did watch. I did watch all of uh, Agent Carter, the first series. And that was I haven't great. actually finished that. I haven't actually finished Agent Carter. It's a really solid show. <laughs> I've not seen the second series, but you know, I hear good things. I was going to speak in Agent Carter. I don't know if um, you said there about watching the shows and stuff. Uh, everyone I've spoken to in the comic world has a different opinion. Some, when they're not writing comics, they stay away from the comic kind of media. 
I mean, I I like going to the I like going to the films. Mm. Um, I like seeing them in the cinema. I like seeing them in three D. I get a big big bucket of popcorn and a drink, and I just you know they're never less than like entertaining. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've got my you know I've got my favourites and my least favourites like anyone else, but like um, yeah, you know I don't I don't really and I kind of see it as like. It's rare that I've I've walked out of one of those without an idea, bro. Mm. Uh, did you see the Disney Investors Day announcements? Actually, it was a um... what a name for it. Um, yeah, no, I've uh, I have I have seen them. It's it's fascinating from a point of view of like kind of seeing the shows catch up to like some of the stuff. I was around for like there's a bit in that Loki trailer where he's sort of on a plane and then you see him like jumping out of the plane and so sort of, you know and obviously you have the big vote Loki shot in that trailer yeah spoilers I guess if you haven't seen that trailer um, if they're listening to us now they've watched the video I done on it last night so <laughs> yeah fair enough oh right I'll have to I'll have to check that out um once that drops but like uh, yeah obviously they're taking a lot from the series after mine uh, but yeah watching Loki jump out of that plane I did get that so oh are they they're not going the same route around to it but are they doing this a little bit uh, and you know it's hard to say yeah but like um, I mean that's it's fascinating WandaVision looks fascinating uh, at some point, I'm gonna have to bite the bullet and get Disney Plus, which is because we've been we've been we've been on Netflix. Yeah, you know we're a Netflix household, and it's like you could keep up with all of the you know pretty much everything you know we wanted to see. We skipped a couple of things. We never we never watched Iron Fist in the end. Mm. Uh, but we saw we saw all the Daredevils. We saw uh, you know uh, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, uh, and the Defenders one. You know we saw all of that, and that, those were all good. But like this feels more kind of connected in somehow. I don't know if it's because it's like the if it's like Tom Hiddleston, yeah, you know, and and all of the actors from the actual movies are kind of doing the. Uh... But then, because you had like. I'm trying to remember because in the uh, in that Agent Carter thing, I'm pretty sure it was the same guy playing Tony Stark, no Howard Stark in that, who was in the movies. Yeah, I feel like it was. And I know he turns into the guy from Mad Men mm. in the seventies. Which hang on a second, isn't that? I thought for I thought for ages that it was like, what is his name? Madman guy, the the, the Sterling, um, you know him, Tony Howard Stark, seventies mm. version. What's the actor's name? Ah, <laughs> uh, all I'm all I'm thinking is John Hamm, because <laughs> I've said Madman now, but it's um, it's the Dominic other Dominic Cooper, Dominic Cooper, but like. I was sure it was him as the TVA guy in the Loki trailer. I think, it, 
I think it's just sorry. Yeah, now that you mentioned it, um, I'm thinking back to it now, and now you have me wondering: is was it him in the? I think it's just somebody with a, a really similar face, and they've they've you know put him in like white hair and mustache. And, uh, but like. I don't know if I had to guess and this is I'm not in the loop on any of this stuff this is a total guess but it it does look from the outside as if Loki might be doing missions to like kind of uh, work off some sentence so you know maybe that's maybe that's what they've what they've you know from my stuff, I don't know. But I mean, I'm you know, I'm gonna know about it yeah. as and when I watch the TV show. Uh, which you know, I guess I'd have to get Disney Plus to do that. Uh, it's worth it. I, I paid for it just a full year, and it was great for doing the MCU watch through. It's great for the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, I've not I've not kept up on that either. Uh, we've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Nine. <laughs> love it yeah no it's it's I'd I recommend it um, see for us now it's I've been caught lately with lockdown the little one just wants to watch Rio 2 on repeat so I know that word for word but uh, when we get a chance I'll watch a bit of The Mandalorian or I'll watch one of the old the old 90s Spider-Man cartoon from Fox oh man I, I, that that was like uh, that was that was well after my time uh, I remember Spider-Man and his amazing friends you know, uh, with Disney Plus, I think um, Investors Day was the right name for it because I think they gained a lot of investors from those trailers. I think their stock went way up. I mean, that's probably that's probably good for Disney, given like the kind of the general nature of the world as it is, making sort of going to the movies, you know going to theme parks, going to all the places where Disney does business. It's like, it's not really, not really something people want to do or should want to do, you know, unless it's a drive-in. <laughs> I, I hear odd drive-ins. I mean, we don't really have them over here. I don't know. I don't know what the, whether like there's a lot of drive-ins in Ireland, but like, uh, I don't think, definitely not got them over here, but I think in America they're, they're still a thing. I think in America, they are. They've, they've tried it here. They've done a few drive-in movies, but it's, it's classic movies they're showing. Like, you know, it's not none of the new stuff, so it's the likes of, they'll show Dirty Dancing or Back to the Future, and it's a very, very occasional. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that's a tradition of them, so mm. it's probably harder to kind of get them... Yeah. Get them going. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's... I kind of feel like uh, streaming is is how people are gonna, you know, consume their their films and telly for the next, definitely the next like year or so. I mean, everything's everything's sort of screwed right now. Yeah, like Warner Brothers now they've releasing everything onto HBO Max for next year. All their film line and TV lines going yeah. straight there. I mean. But it's going to change like a lot of how uh, a lot of how stuff is done. I think. I mean, I'm already will it see already has. Drive. 
Sorry? I'm kind of worried will cinema survive? Like, will the cinema business survive this? Or I mean, I think small, small cinemas... Uh, they, they've got to be in real trouble, but a lot of a lot of places are in real trouble. Like, uh, I'm I live in a in a kind of uh, a tourist town, which means we have a lot of restaurants and a lot of pubs. And like, I don't know. Obviously, you know, it's been forever and a day since uh, since I've been to a restaurant, but we used to go quite a lot. <laughs> And I don't know, I don't know once things sort of, you know, once people have their jabs, once things are sort of returning to a state of not normalcy, but like whatever comes next. Yeah. I don't really know, kind of, there's a lot of things, I think, because there's, I mean, even takeaway places, it's like a lot of them have just gone. Yeah. In my area, and it's like, <clears throat> and it's it'll be cinemas, restaurants. Like there was one that was like, uh, you know, we we went like once, exactly once, because it's a fancy place, yeah. and like uh, we really wanted to go again, and then you know, everything happened, and we were like, okay, well that's not happening in the future. But what they did do is like. Okay, if uh, if you come round to us, we will give you a box full of our ingredients, <laughs> and you know you can cook it at home. And like you know, this is like we'll have done a lot of the work for you. You just need to heat it up, and it's like, and also you know, um, but it's like. There's, there's a bunch of restaurants sort of trying things like that. There's like uh, Red Chili's in town has basically become just a takeaway place. Uh, and it's just like, it'll be the places that learn how to adapt. Yeah. In, you know, in the short to medium term that survive long enough to kind of welcome people back. Uh and I mean, some places have just gone into hibernation. <clears throat> like some places, <clears throat> I think it's just uh, it's damage limitations at the minute for a lot of places. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I don't know what the the general feeling is in Ireland, but like, there's a lot of, I think. Certainly, certainly England um, has its head collectively up its ass about a lot of stuff. Uh, I'm sure that's no huge bit of news. <laughs> but like, yeah, there's a lot of this kind of, oh, we can't show fear against this thing. It's a virus. It can't, you know, it doesn't care. <laughs> care if you're afraid. It cares about like your lymph nodes. It's like it's not looking at you, like your level of fear. But it's like, England, England's got this this desperate desire to like fight the Luftwaffe again, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, the the EU and the Luftwaffe again, and you know we're gonna stand up. No, like, no, you don't. You're just shooting yourself in the foot. Oh, COVID, it's the Luftwaffe again. We've got to stand up. It's a virus. 
just and you know if you're if you're so willing to like fight the good fight, why aren't you wearing a mask? That's <laughs> it's just well, I mean, and I think it's worse in the states, but like with that level of like denialism and sort of, but you know, every like half of the Tories are all going like, oh, we've got to, you know, we've got to open everything up and like take our chances. And it's like, no, you do not. <laughs> you do not have to do that. In fact, like look at New Zealand, they're out of it now. They're yeah, yeah, because they were smart. Yeah, God, so many places are just so much smarter than like, uh, and I mean, it's like because I know France have been hit like pretty hard, and they they kind of went in on it. So I think that's a measure of luck as well. But like, and maybe a measure of connectedness, you know, maybe because it's it's harder to get to New Zealand. So, uh, whereas you can just drive across the border in France and start infecting people. <laughs> but like, uh, I know, I know, France have been like cracking down, and they've they've got it more under control. It's like we are. Britain is not doing well with this. And especially England is not doing well with this. And it's, I would put the entire blame for that on the absolute shower of shit we have run in things. Uh, you know, never, never trust the Tory with anything. <laughs> no, no. Um, look, here's the same. It's, it's, we're doing better, but we're not doing good enough with it. And again, it's because of the, absolute idiots we have in government I mean it's it's just that's the thing you know New Zealand shows that it can be done but I, I feel like there's it might be a national character thing as well like uh, the thing the thing I've sort of started noticing about the English is like we have that American sense of our own exceptionalism but at the same time we believe that we're incredibly humble <laughs> and it's like put them together and it is just a recipe for the most Dunning-Kruger assholes on the planet just like the level of just toxic wank <laughs> in England is just a pool and I mean, it makes like, you know, we, we don't have, we don't have a leg to stand on criticizing like uh, the Americans or anyone else. You know, we're just, we're like, I think once, once you've elected Boris Johnston, a landslide, you know, the, uh, you are no longer in a position as a country to say anything bad about anyone else ever. Uh, but but we're, we're drifting into the political realm here. I'm yeah, sorry if this I'm sorry if this is a terrible shock to your viewers. No, it, it works. That I hold these views. It works out well. I was actually going to ask, and um, I know because politics politics do make their way into comics. Uh, art yeah, yeah. Politics have been in comics from right back to stand. So I mean, <laughs> to remove 
you know, you can write you can write stuff that is apolitical. What I would say is that that is also a political decision. And pretty much everything you write is going to have a measure of politics in it. Yeah. Just by virtue of, you know, being about humans. And, like, unless you're writing it about, like, um, well, you know, amoebas in the next universe. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think Hulk 25 was like the least political comic I've ever written because it has, it has nothing at all to do with um, any facet of life as it is lived. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's about amoebas in the next universe, you know? So if you want a comic that's not political, have I got one for you? Except I, you know, I warn you, these amoebas do have a very different concept of gender, so you might find yourself <laughs> freaking out. We were, we were talking about movies before this, and uh, we were talking about the Disney announcements, we were talking about what we were binging at the minute. Um, what is your opinions on the, uh, the announcements for Spider-Man 3, all the many, many announcements? I've, I've probably heard like about half of them. I mean, there have been, they've been that many, but I know, I know there are like going to be other Spider-Men in it. Yeah, it looks like um, we have uh, Melina coming back as Doc Ock. We have Jamie Foxx's Electro, um, Andrew Garfield and Kirsten Dunst. And then the rumours are Toby Maguire and Emma Stone. See, I did not know like half of that. Um, I knew we'd probably see... I knew Andrew Garfield. I knew we'd probably see like Toby Maguire. Um... I, you know, uh, it's, it sounds like a Spider-Verse. Yeah. I mean, and if it's a Spider-Verse, you've got to have Miles. So I'm sort of, I'm sort of waiting for, uh, I mean, this is like, uh, this is still going to be like a Sony thing, yeah, like Sony in partnership or, yeah, I mean, I guess even more in partnership if they're, if they're given like their Spider-Man to, it's um, it's interesting. Like I said about Miles, there it's my first thought. They like from what I've seen, Spider-Man: Homecoming and Far From Home are kind of loosely based on Bendis's Ultimate Spider-Man, and they yep. did tease Miles. They introduced Miles' Uncle Aaron in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and he mentioned he had so you know. Oh well, there we go. They're already planning it. So I guess like. These are the kind of like, um, I would be really, really, really surprised if they didn't um, like, I would be, I would be like so surprised if they didn't um, announce, announce Miles. Yeah. Especially you considering it's right there next to and connected to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Which is connected to One Division, so I'm sure One Division is going to kick all this off. Yep. You have other comics you're working on at the minute. You have you have a sword. Yeah. Which. Uh, a bit of a, a quote from a comic group chat I mean on Twitter was oh, yeah. Al Ewing is really the MVP of Marvel Comics right now that's very that's very kind of them to say I mean um, you know I'm sort of 
I'm doing I'm doing quite a bit for uh, for Marvel at the moment. I'm sort of um, I mean it's you know I'd uh, I'd say I'm, I'm up against some very stiff competition. Um, so and, and you know it's like I I'm not sure I'd say that myself, but it's it's a huge compliment. So thank you very much. Um, with Sword now, it's uh, the X titles are coming back in a big way. Um, what's it like being a part of that? I know they came back. There was X of Swords, and then there was Krakoa has come into it in the last couple, last while. I mean, I've been. Like? I've, I was um, to be kind of part of that office, part of that crowd. It's like um, it's a really, it's a really amazing kind of professional experience and that like they're really kind of the level of collaboration and cooperation and kind of you know we're all pulling in the same direction we're able to do things like sort of have storylines kind of affects like the other titles in small ways um and you know, X of Swords. I kind of watched. I sort of watched that happen because I was sort of working on putting Sword together, but I was kind of in the room, in the virtual room for it. But like, um, kind of watching that come together and watching that happen. Um, that was that was kind of, you know, it was it was really great to just watch that from the outside to just watch like. Um, just a room full of like incredibly talented people and like really, really sort of giving. Um, there were like there were like no prima donnas in that room. There's like nothing. Nobody's nobody's like um, the most important person. It's like you know you've got kind of um, you've got Jonathan as like the guiding hand, and you know. Jordan and Alice and like the other editors is like uh, you know keeping keeping the engine running, but it's it's such a kind of and you'll probably you'll probably hear this out of like every single ex worker right now in that like it's it's a really I mean the word the word giving I think probably sums it up. It's just a really kind of. Um, And it's really exciting. It's a really exciting room to be in as well because, you know, largely as a result of like House of X and Powers of X hitting as well as it did, and people and really kind of recharging people's interest in the X Men. Um, it's like we can go to some really exciting places. We can sort of, I mean, the whole the whole Krakoa thing and the resurrections and the um all of that business that's like that's already um it's it's already kind of pushing things forward like uh pushing the status quo of the x-men forward into a kind of new place in a way that like um I think the resu- the resurrection's more than anything else. They've had they've had their own place before. Yeah. Um, 
but like just sort of doing away doing away with the concept of like you know superhero death yeah it's like and then you know i've sort of i've kind of come at a, i came in a similar thing from a different direction with hulk in that like you know once you take away this one crutch what stories can you then tell um once you take away this one kind of once you're no longer afraid for the hulk's life what do you become afraid yeah for and like um and then you know similarly with like with the x titles like x of swords kind of introduced a way that like i mean i don't know you know i don't know if all of your viewers have read it yet but there's a moment where like death returns to the franchise and it's like you know in a sense and it's like that was huge and you know we got to watch in real time and like people like being stunned being shocked in a way that like i mean there's a kind of cynicism in play i think i, I think comic readers have sort of been burned a few times uh by plots uh so there's a sort of cynicism about certain plot beats now that's very hard to overcome but like um i mean you know if you let me i'll just gush about the axe office like for you know forever because it really is it's probably my favorite place to work um at marvel it's really and you know that's not that's not saying anything bad about any of the other editors i work with it's just a different experience and a much more communal one it's uh, it is it's amazing and i've always i've often wondered is uh could that be their route into introducing the x-men to the mcu you know they were they were always there but just kind of on their own island and I'm, if we're going back to those announcements seeing that big four yeah that was quite um like okay they're really doing it yeah they're bringing okay then well uh but yeah no definitely like um i feel like with the films with the movies and the tv shows I wouldn't want to kind of tie them down to one interpretation of anything because yeah. like they have so much to kind of base stuff off and like the most successful things like I always I wasn't that excited by the Watchmen film I mean I sort of I sort of went you know I went to see it almost as a visual treat I wanted to see how all that uh, I knew Dave Givens was quite heavily involved so you know but like the Watchmen film to me it felt like a replaying of the scenes from the comic but sort of made slightly worse um, in that most of the good most of the best lines seem to be cut but the one bit of Watchmen was really like that really grabbed me that actually made me sort of lean forward and like you know get excited was when Rorschach grabs the guy and like shoves his face into the camera and goes, what do you see? Because that was a beat not from the comic. That was something that the filmmakers had come up with entirely. And, you know, it was like 
a different way of looking at the character. And like, you know, obviously if you take that to its limit, you're kind of advocating for for original films that are based on like no problem. But you know, we live in the world we live in. Um, but in terms of like doing the best like Marvel movies and TV shows, it's always the one that kind of it's it's always putting you know. I kind of go to the cinema to see what what spin the filmmakers have put on. You know, I don't want to see like a recreation of of a comic, even if it's like a really good comic. I kind of want to see how they handle. So with the X Men, you know, they've got so much to choose from. They've got so many different eras of X Men to to choose from and to start with. That I'm really, I'm kind of excited to see how they do it and how they do it. That's sort of different from like how the Fox movies did it. Yeah. Because that was, okay, that was starting to get weird, those Fox movies. Like, they're set in the 90s and they're all the same age as they were in the 60s. It's like, okay, I'm you're starting to lose me at this point. I think with them, with the Fox X-Men movies, I think they hit gold when they uh, done the loose adaptation of Old Man Logan. When they brought, when they done Logan, I thought was, in my opinion, was a masterpiece. I thought it was one mm, of the... Yeah. It, it was they didn't go too campy they didn't they weren't trying too hard it just seemed like they found the old man logan comic book and said right we're gonna make a loose adaptation of this we're gonna introduce x23 and it was just everything just came together beautifully i mean i'd go as far as to say that it takes very little from old man logan it's like you know the other x-men had it's just Logan left and, you know, but I mean, they take a couple of things, but it's like, they take as much from like other sources and it's kind of, yeah, it really, it really worked. It really made a, a really kind of, um, that I would agree. That's probably the best of all of the, all of the X-Men films to date. Uh, it's that one. Look, We've been talking geez, nearly two hours okay, now. <laughs> yeah. taking your time. Um, I'm not gonna take your time. We'll think about your movie marathons. Um, I'll just say just to close it all off. Uh, this is uh, it was very different. I've been kind of getting used to the whole interview format. Oh, well, yourself, I, it was, I was just rambling, you know. It was it was a lot more relaxed. We talked about movies. It wasn't just interviews of questions you've heard before, like who were your inspirations. I'm sure everyone's heard them a million times now at this stage. I mean, um, there's, there's a few. There's like. Um, the one I get a lot these days is uh, how did you, you know, where did like the Hulk, you know, come, where did the Immortal Hulk come from, you know? And I've, I have told that one like a dozen times. And it's like, um, I don't know, I'll tell a very short version now, which is that like, Bruce Banner was dead and we needed to bring him back and we needed a good idea to do that. And it all sprang from there. But like the um Yeah, it's it's good to just I, I really like doing these kind of podcasts and videos and it's good to just chat, to just like shoot the shit a little bit. Yeah. Uh and, and yeah, you know, we have just had this giant wave of like announcements that everybody's kind of 
fascinated by and like asking questions about. So, yeah, you know, and like, um, like I say, this sort of Loki series, I'm sort of, I'm really interested in that because I want to see like uh, what they're doing with it. It does. It, it, the Loki series looks, it looks incredible. It's yeah. Like you said, there was that scene that from Vote Loki. There was um, the airplane one that looked slightly like Agent Loki, Loki Agent of Asgard. It was, there's, it it's going to be interesting. I mean, they're, they're definitely, they're definitely because like seeing Vote the Vote Loki costume, you know, brought to life, but it was like, okay, they're definitely taking some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but we don't know how much, so you know. Be interesting. I'll, I'll probably try to get you on again after it comes out to, say, to talk to you about. Yeah, I mean, well, I might not. I might not have Disney Plus by then. It's uh, you know, so I might. I might not have seen it. I'll, I'll make but sure like, to uh, check in first. Make sure you have it. I'll probably have heard about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Look, I'm not going to keep you uh, too much longer. Yeah, no, it's it's it was good coming on. I was I uh, really enjoyed talking to you. Probably the most relaxed I've been in uh, during one of the podcasts with the guests. So thank you for that. Oh, good. Well, um, I'm happy to come back. You know, we can like uh, if if people feel like we haven't covered any topic, then you know, <laughs> just let, let us know and we'll uh, yeah. make sure to get into it again. Cool. Yeah, we'll do. Yeah. We'll do. Uh, look, uh, for everyone listening, uh, everyone knows Immortal Hulk by now. If you're a comic fan, because it's one of the, for, I'm pretty sure it's one of the first titles on everyone's pull list. Um, Sword number one is out now. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add or plug? Anything coming up? Uh, I should I should definitely plug. We only find them when they're dead. Yeah. Uh, which is also issue four of that is out next week as we record this. I think that'll be the uh, set. That'll be the 16th. So um, by the time uh, this episode's released, that'll be uh, on board and we release Wednesday morning. Okay. So, yeah, that, that'll be out today uh, by the time this episode's released. Then. <laughs> so, yeah, and that is that is something I'm doing with uh, Simone de Mayo. Um, and it's, it's a much more sort of... It's much more personal work. It's a more kind of... Um, it's both a very large and a very small scale, uh, but the if you haven't heard the uh, the elevator pitch, it's um, vast dead uh, space gods are being uh, autopsied, mined by a colony for resources, and one mining ship wants to go and find the live one, uh, and then we build out from there. So that, I haven't picked that up. So that, that sounds like something I need to go get. <laughs> No, no. Well, I mean, by the time, I guess we're going to be kind of close to, um, we'll be issue four's coming out. So that's nearly all of the first arc. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to grab a bunch of them, yeah, that's uh, probably a good time to. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'll make sure to grab them. So, listen, you're a busy man. Like, like the, the amount of work you're working on, what you've just finished, like you just finished up Empire. Um, Immortal Hulk is still going, thank God. Here's how, let's hope it yeah. gets into the hundreds um, in issues. Yep. It's, I mean, you know, I we, we've got a plan. We've got a plan for Immortal Hulk, and it's, it's progressing apace, so... Well, I'm hoping the cons are back soon, and I'm hoping if uh, they that'd are be back, good. Yeah, that'd be nice. If they are that'd back, and you nice. get over to the Dublin Comic Con anytime in the next couple of years, I'll be trying to get you to sign my Immortal Hulk yeah. issue. <laughs> yeah, well, cool. I'll, I'll let you go. Well, uh, it's been it's yeah. been a pleasure. 
It's been absolutely amazing. I was nervous coming on to this. I always am coming on to a show with my favourite writers, but um, you're an absolute sound bloke. And oh well, glad to be uh, you. But you relaxed my nerves and just made this. Yeah, I mean, let's you know, let's kind of um, yeah, let's do it again. Yeah, uh, listen. Uh, thanks a million again. Um, All right, no problem. Peter, you've been listening to the Superior Comic Show. Um, thanks a million to Al Ewing, and everyone. Make sure to go out and grab one of the many, many tough titles he's working on, from Moral Hulk to Sword. Uh, we only find them when we're dead, was it? Yep, we only find them when they're dead. It's it's a mouthful, but like, uh, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, so you get back to your movie marathons. Uh, yeah, or- yeah, no, I will do. I'll get back to my chick flicks and uh, I'll see you later. Yeah, I'll see you later. Thanks a million. Thank you.